From VinePair's New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. And I'm Joanna Sherino. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the VinePair Podcast. Man, it's always like getting to the Friday after a holiday is always like you feel like you've achieved a lot. <laughs> well, the whole week after Thanksgiving, you're like, wait, we have to do a whole week of stuff? That doesn't seem oh, right. It's rough. But I feel like here, here's the thing. And, you know, you guys can correct me if you disagree. But I feel like this week is always busy-ish. But then the next two weeks, these first two weeks of December mm-hmm. are usually insane. I feel like it's like they're the two busiest weeks when it's like the most stuff happening. Like everyone's trying to like crunch everything in. Yeah. And then it starts to slow down again. Like week three in December is sort of like, all right, we're we're still here, but like we're not doing a lot. We're not trying to go overboard. And then, you know, you get to like, then it's over. You know, it's basically so like, yeah, the fifth and the twelfth weeks are going to be insane. And then. Basically, the week of the 19th, everyone's just kind of like trying to just just get there. Right. Just get there. I do think that like the optimal alignment of winter holidays is for Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve to both fall on Saturdays. Like, I don't think it gets better than that because you have in both cases. You get the you Monday have, off. Yeah, you have like the Mondays off. You have like that week in between where no one's doing anything isn't weirdly like broken up by a weekend or anything. And frankly, probably the Friday before, like the 23rd, is anyone coming to work? Uh, you know, No, I mean, we've been, t- it's like a, kind of like an observed holiday for a yeah, lot of people, exactly. actually. So. Right. Yeah, so yeah, no one's coming in on that Friday. It's the longest holiday you can get, basically. Exactly. That's why it's the best. Yeah. Oh, it happens to be good for someone's birthday, too. Uh-huh. Sure does. Sure does. <laughs> oh, right. That New Year's Eve birthday. Yeah. Well, this year is going to be less remarkable. Next year will be um, a very round number. So that'll be more of a deal. Mm. But, uh, yeah, this year we're very, looking to be very low-key, I suspect. We haven't really Just gotten chilling. there yet. Yeah, well, uh, tomorrow, as you guys listen to this, on uh, is my wife's birthday. So that's step one. And then then I'll start thinking about my own birthday. So. Happy birthday, Caitlin. Yeah. What are you guys going to do? Not a whole heck of a lot. Um, she's actually uh, on Friday getting back from a work trip. So as we're recording this, she's currently out of town. And I think we are just like our son, our son has a birthday party to go to during the day. And then I think we'll just do dinner at home. She's not a big like, let's have a big blowout for my birthday kind of person. Although uh, in uh, more years than I have left, but some number of years when she also hits a big number, we will probably do something more celebratory for her 30th birthday, which was not that long after we had. Well, it was about a year after we had started dating. Uh, we did. She had her 30th birthday and that was uh, we did 30 cheeses for 30 years. So it might be 40 cheeses this year. Or oh my goodness! Next time. That is not what I thought you were. You guys say. like these. You guys like these themes. I'm realizing you did the 30 cheeses for 30 years. You did like the bourbon baby shower, right? Yeah. Well, whiskey. Yeah, whiskey themed baby. Whiskey shower. baby shower. Yeah. They like they do these themes. That's well, fun. when you wow. don't get to throw a lot of parties, you got to make them count. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. You know, I had a friend. Joanna knows him, uh, Ethan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he turned like 25, we did a mimosa, samosa Samoa party. What? <laughs> He was like obsessed with it. We had mimosas, Samoas. Samosas and then Samoa cookies. Yeah, cookies. <laughs> so funny. That is he, he thought it was like the most hilarious thing ever. And it was just like <laughs> so stupid. It's so funny. But anyways, speaking of themes, though, I think yeah. that's a really good segue. Good segue. So uh, if you are in any city in the country right now, there is a very, very good chance that at least one of the bars in your town <laughs> has converted itself into an all Christmas, all the time bar. 
that means Mariah Carey on Blast, Mm -hmm. some other songs too, but mostly Mariah Carey, themed glassware, Mm. themed cocktails. A lot of people credit this to the um, to Miracle, which started in the East Village, I want to say like at least nine or ten years ago. This might be its 10th anniversary. I can't even remember. At the time, right before it, this, that same bar space was to open as Mace, um, which is, you know, one of the top 50 bars in the world. Um, but at the time, they had, were not opening Mace. They couldn't get Mace ready in time. So they had this dis- decision to basically – for that month, turned the bar into a Christmas-themed bar. It was massively successful, lines down the block, uh, and they've done it ever since. They've franchised it out to other bars around the country. You can literally, and actually around the world, you can mm-hmm. you can buy packages. What what it, what it is now uh, is uh, is a different bar than Mace, but still owned by uh, Greg Bohm, mm-hmm. who also owns Cocktail Kingdom. So he has access, obviously, to all of the the glassware, um, and so. He basically sells the package to bars across the country. But there's a lot of other people that are doing this now, too. The Dead Rabbit is converting a part of their bar uh, this year into a Christmas-themed bar. Uh, there's there's a lot of places to do it without buying a package. And it's extremely successful. But, like, sort of the question I had for, for today's discussion is, like, yes, it's successful, but is it all a bit too much? Like, or do we love Christmas so much that, like, Everyone should be doing this. Like, sort, sort of like, what are both of your thoughts on like the Christmas themed bar? Yeah, I don't know. I was um, just in thinking about that. Like, I think there's a difference between like holidays and something being dressed up for like winter and it's right. cozy. But like, I feel like the Christmas theme is a bit much um, and a, a bit like exclusionary for people mm. who don't celebrate. And mostly because a lot of these kind of launch early November, November. Um, and they're really hardcore. Like for the ones that actually buy the package for, from miracle, it's like, like you said, it's like down to the glassware. It's not just like putting up some tinsel and some lights and maybe a tree. Um, like the, the drinks list changes as well. Yeah. Um, Everything changes. Everything changes. So I don't know. I, I think, I think one or two of them, um, is fine where people can partake. I think of Rolf's in New York City, yeah. that like German restaurant that is Christmas themed year round and how that's kind of a novelty and it's fun for people. But I I think that having your all of your favorite bars convert to this with drinks and all is is a bit much. But that's just me. <laughs> I don't know. Zach, what do you think? <laughs> I I'm gonna I'm gonna grinch it up here, but To me, to me, this is just like part of a much larger question of like, to what extent does the entirety of uh, public life need to be Christmasified for six weeks? You know, I don't celebrate Christmas, never have. So a lot of the like, you know, uh, good feelings that Christmassy shit generates in people don't do anything for me. Um, The music mostly sucks. You know, uh, lights are fine, but, you know, kind of over the top and like the rest of it, whatever. So to me, it's this this broader question of like, why does every enterprise need to be completely redone for Christmas? Like, I get it if you're a toy store or something, but like, does the hardware store need to have like a, a full on Christmas display? Like, <laughs> are people going to stop buying nails just because there's not like a fucking tree in the front? I don't know. And to say nothing of the oppressiveness of being forced to as a service professional 
for many years listened to mm. nonstop Christmas music for eight hours a day, uh, you know, four or five days a week, uh, which is not good for your brain, I don't think. Uh, mm. In any case, <laughs> point is, the the bigger issue to me is like, we've talked about the, the idea of these sort of pop-up theme bars, not specifically connected to the holidays before. And I think that the question to me is sort of like, what was once and maybe to some people it still feels like a novelty like oh wow this bar is like a thing that feels like i'm inside a christmas movie or whatever it's now like i don't know do you get excited about doing it for the you know as you said out of like the 10th year in a row perhaps maybe maybe right. for some people it's the same as watching you know the same christmas movies every year putting on the dumb sweater you know whatever the things that people do are and maybe it's just that nostalgia, that comfort that like, I don't really care if the drinks are any good. I don't really care if the vibe is good. I just want to do this thing because it. The tradition. Yeah, it feels like the thing that one should do. And what's unfortunate to me is like, there's no reason that you can't do interesting things that kind of playing off of Christmas or playing off of the holiday season. Like there's lots of interesting flavors to work with. Obviously people are generally in a good mood, a convivial mood, a, you know, a celebratory mood. It's, it's not like impossible to imagine some of this being well done, but it is to me like there's, I'm going to just call it out. Cause whatever, like there's a great cocktail bar here in Seattle, uh, Rob Roy. And they, they do the like full on miracle takeover every year. And yeah. I'm just like, why do you, why do you guys do this? Like, I mean, I assume money and like, great. We all need to get paid. Money. I, I yeah. Get it. The answer's it's money. like, it's like, you're a great Seattle bar. You have a great reputation. Like you've been around for a while. People like know you, you want to put some Christmassy drinks on the list. You want to put the decorations up, but like, why are you turning over your whole space yeah. to this? You know, it's like, it, it's just like, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's like a weird, and I don't know the people who run it well enough to say this in any way, shape, or form definitively, but like, it's like a weird lack of confidence in your own ability to execute the concept well. It's like, well, let's just take the package and we know that it's going to bring people in. And like, I mean, again, like I said, bottom line is bottom line. You know, we understand the yeah. the, the economics yeah. of the industry on this podcast, but it's just, it just is so uninspired to me at this point. I think that's the other piece of it, right? Is it's just like, as Adam said at the outset, this shit is everywhere now. So it's not, it, it's just... I don't know. It's just, it's like, does anyone get excited about the mall Santa besides little kids? Like, it's just that for adults, kind of? I mean, I think kind of. Mm -hmm. um, I think, like you're saying, it takes the individuality out of the bar. And for a lot of bars that don't need to do that. And when we, we first started talking about this idea a few weeks ago, we were interested in the economics of it, of like actually looking at the numbers because you have a lot of really popular bars in New York City, like converting over yeah. to this. And like, do they really need to do it? Wouldn't people patronize them over the holidays without I mean, <laughs> this full transformation? I would argue that they make money hand over fist. and Like more than they would. Oh, ordinary. hell yeah. And I think like, you know, a bar like so, – so what the original Miracle is now uh, is called The Cabinet, which is an awesome bar that is, you know, tequila and mezcal focused. Um and so it's agave focus and lots of really amazing mezcals, especially. But like we've talked about this before on the podcast, right? Mezcal is a geeky spirit. Mm -hmm. And um, the cabinet is also located between Avenue B and Avenue C in Alphabet City, uh, much closer to Avenue C. And I think I want to say like either 9th or 10th Street. I think it's 9th Street. And so it is not a convenient location. But when it switches over to Miracle for a month, there's a line down the block. Right. Like that is insane amounts of ca cash that yeah. will sustain. Like, again, I know we 
we talk about this in other regards, but like this is the time of year to make that money to get you through the deep winter. Mm. And so I think a lot of these bars figure, you know what? Fuck it. Like we can be this awesome cocktail bar that we're known for for the other 11 months. But for this month, we're going to get what's ours and Mm. we're going to and we're going to buy into this program and not have to think about it that much and buy the buy the decorations, whatever, and make the money so that when we have a short month in February, we don't have to worry because we had lines out the door for people who wanted to drink a cocktail out of a Christmas ornament. Mm-hmm. And like that just is what it is. I mean, there's this other bar, just so you guys just so you guys know, there are now other themed bars. So there's a bar that just got reported as opening in the West Village called the Maccabee Bar that's all Hanukkah themed. Oh. And there'll be drinks like the Latka Sour and the Hebrew Hammer. And it comes and and it yeah, crazy. And it comes from the bartender. I assume we'll find you there every night, Adam. Yeah, I can't wait. And it comes from this bartender, Naomi Levy, who apparently she launched it in Boston in 2018. And it's been super successful there. So now it's coming to Ollie West Village at 64 Downing Street. And it's going to run from December 13th all the way through the end of December. Like that, again, is... You know, people are, are, are figuring out ways to get that month, right? That, yeah. And that's smart for Ollie Bar, right? Because the other bars are all Christmas themed. They're going to get all the Jews. <laughs> like, you know, just like everyone's going to go. <laughs> Does this mean we're like a year out from a Festivus themed bar? I would go to that mm-hmm. bar. Oh, yeah, I totally. To I mean, bar. I think, and again, it's, we've talked about this for years and years and years, but it's all powered by social media, right? Like, get ready for all the TikToks. I mean, Yep. Seven, eight years ago, it was Instagrams. Right now, it's going to be all the TikToks from Miracle. And, you know, I can drink it. I mean, the thing is, Miracle also is equal opportunity. There is a drink out of a dreidel. It's not good. But, okay. I mean, I had it a few years ago, so maybe it's gotten better. But a few years ago when I had it, it was horrible. But, like, you know, they, they do have other drinks. But I think, yeah, it's all about, like, the bar kind of realizing, like, let's just give in. And if this is what it takes to to one up all of the rest of our competition, because think about it, especially I feel like the reason that this has become so much more popular is in most cities now, especially like decently sized cities, there are a few pretty good cocktail bars, right? Not just like one or two. There are now a few. Mm -hmm. And in those cities, like a lot of those cocktails all follow the same trends, right? Like a lot of, I mean, we're seeing it in New York. Like a lot of the cocktail programs all have martinis on them right now. They also are all sort of playing around with, you know, Italian bitters and things like that, right? So like you're, someone then is just choosing based on, you know, what's more most convenient to them, the ambiance, whatever. Maybe if they do a caviar bump with their martini service. Right, right. But you're going to find the same stuff. Yeah, I mean. More or less. Like think about it, like. Uh, you know, Chez and uh, Martinis and oh, I can't think of the last one, whatever. They're all doing martini, you know, caviar and martinis. Like they're Veronica. all doing Veronica. They're all doing the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, so basically the cat is like, fuck you, bitches. We're doing fucking Christmas themed. Bring it. <laughs> and they have the one thing that no one else has with still being made by well, like very accomplished bartenders who, you know, the rest of the year making high quality, you know, agave based cocktails and it's a party. And so like, I don't blame anyone for it. I think it's like, get it while you can get it. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm also uh, just looking at a few of these and I feel like in over the course of the pandemic, we saw a lot of domes go up in New York city Yeah, and they're really uh, working those into their holiday theme bars. And those things are expensive. Oh yeah. All the igloos igloos and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I also think what fascinates me about miracle, like I, I think, 
Greg Bohm is the most successful bar like bar owner that no one talks about or doesn't isn't talked about enough in the US. He is very smart. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he has figured out a way to franchise this yep. is fucking brilliant. It, yeah, it launched in 2014. And people buy in and he does stuff. There's PR behind it. So like every place gets listed in all the press releases. There there are devoted websites. By the way, he doesn't just have this. He also has Sip and Santa Surf Shack. Right. Which is his other brand, yep. which is also in like 20 bars, I think, around the country right now or, or around the world. Like, and people get all the glassware. They get the recipes. Like, they get the decor. It's honestly like basically what he's doing is I don't know if you guys ever read the story on Vine Pair. wrote about it a while ago or like years ago. But mm-hmm. there was a – there were two entrepreneurs from Ireland and they realized like that what they could do was they could literally sell – like bar bar owners and Irish pub. Right. Like here's the glassware. Here's the, here are the benches here are the, you know, here are the draft lines. Here's the kinds of whiskeys you should have on your program. And they would like literally sell Irish bars. Cookie cutter Irish pub. That's what he's doing for Mm -hmm. Christmas themed bars. Yeah. And it's really smart. It's around the world. You said this, it's in London. It's in uh, Amsterdam. I think it's amazing. Panama city. Yeah. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm shocked. It's not like in Auburn. I, like there's two cocktail bars in Auburn. I'm shocked one of them hasn't done this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of pe- people that probably have thought about it has to be massive. So I wonder what it does cost to be able to do it. Like, mm-hmm. is it cost prohibitive? Like, but you have to assume you're going to make it back and then some. Right. You know, and then it allows you again to like to make it through the winter because making it through the winter, as everyone knows, is really difficult. Especially, you know, we will talk about this later on in in the, in the coming weeks. Dry January is becoming a bigger and bigger and bigger thing. And that means there's less and less people at the bars. Also means it's the best time to go out and drink, as we've discussed before. But, like, that does mean that bars need to do what they need to do to make the money now so that they have stuff in in reserve. And so, yeah, if this means that, like, a more geeky mezcal and tequila bar can last for two or three months – you know, because they were miracle for a month and a, f- a half. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Zach, we know you're not going to any of these, but Adam, <laughs> would you go? Uh, you know, <laughs> I like not I, setting foot in one of these. I like some kitsch. So yeah, I'd go. Yeah. I like a good kitsch. Yeah. <laughs> like I would definitely go. I mean, I, I went to miracle before the pandemic. So it's been a while since I've been to miracle. I, I would like to go again this year. I'm done. I, here's the thing though. I'm just not going to stand in line. So, like, I, right. I need to be, like, walking. And, unfortunately, now that I live in Brooklyn, there's no Brooklyn bars that have chosen to do it this year. I don't think. Thief. Oh, Thief has? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I'll go over to – where's Thief? I don't know. Williamsburg? Oh. I mean, I'm in Brownstone, <laughs> Brooklyn. But, uh, I mean, I I just feel like I need to be walking by and see that there's no line and then I'll pop in. That's how I went last time. Got it. I just don't want to be in the line. The line is the worst. So maybe I'll go with you <laughs> and just see if there's no line. But otherwise, yeah, I would go. Would you go? No, <laughs> I don't think I'd go. I don't know. It doesn't appeal. It doesn't appeal to me. But like the whole the whole thing doesn't appeal to me. But like, uh, would you guys watch the movie Spirited on Apple TV? No, it well, was great. I saw it. It was amazing. I watched it twice. I'm. I think I'm more of a Grinch, like Zach. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's so good. Ryan Reynolds. You come on. He's America's treasure. I know. I really like both of those people, but I Will just, Ferrell? I don't do the the Christmas thing so like that. 
I mean, <laughs> wow. I know. I would totally go. So if you want to go to Miracle with me, hit me up at podcastsurvivor.com. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to hang out with you um, because I think, you know, it. The, the thing I think about it is like there's so many things I could criticize about it, but it's still fun. Right. Like, yes, the drinks aren't as good as, you know, when the bar is what the bar normally is. Like mm. they're making they're also they're making a lot of the drinks very fast because they're they're so crowded most of the time. But like. It's still fun. Like my dreidel cocktail I had a few years ago, I didn't love, but I still had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's the thing. Like it just, it taps into something that makes people feel like, okay, cool. Like we're in the spirit here. This, this is something special and unique. I look, I think it's the same reason that like you do see people in the summer gravitate towards like tropical themed bars and things like that. Same kind of idea. This is, you know, a really fun thing for people to do. In the spirit of in the, the spirit of the season, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, I have my own traditions, right? But What's your I, tradition? Well, we do like Benihana Christmas. Oh, I thought you threw coal at little children. <laughs> 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 yeah. Just from whatever story you live on, just down to the sidewalk. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great <laughs> idea. Good afternoon. <laughs> um, Only if you see spirited, did you, you get that joke? <laughs> Oh, wait, so what do you do, Benihana Christmas? Yeah. Like, we'll go to the plaza for a cocktail. Okay. Which is really nice. And then go see people ice skating at Rockefeller Center. Just watch them. Well, you watch and you pick which one's going to fall. Oh, I thought you picked, like, who, who would, like, propose. No, no, you pick your horse. <laughs> you pick your horse? This is so good. I want to do a Joanna Christmas. I was going to say, Adam is going to, fuck Miracle, Adam's going to hang out with Joanna. For yeah. I mean, I have my own Christmas tradition, too. We go to, well, hopefully we're going to try to do it this year, is Peking Duck House. Oh, great. Oh, nice. I love that place. It's the best make, thing That's funny. I, I make duck for Christmas. That's my holiday tradition, because I make duck for the family, which is a fun. I make it differently every year, or try to, at least. So You know what I like to do for, for you know, Christmas? Motherfucking white truffles, y'all. Oh, you my God. You just get God. those white truffles, <laughs> shave them up, fresh pasta. Oh so my God, good. Oh, God. Oh All right. God. Well, with that, again, hit me up, podcast.vinepair.com if you want to go to Miracle. I'm down. Uh, the two of you, I'll talk to you Monday. Have Happy great, holiday season to yes, everybody. Have a great weekend. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Vine Pair Podcast Network. If you love listening to this show, or even if you don't, but I really hope that you do, as much as we really do love making it, then please drop us a review or a rating wherever it is that you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. If you are listening to this on a device right now through an app, however you got this audio, please drop a review. It really helps everyone else discover the show. And now for some totally awesome credits. So... The Vine Pair Podcast is recorded in our New York City headquarters and in Seattle, Washington, in Zach Chabal's basement. It is recorded by Zach, mastered, and produced by Zach. He loves all the credit. Keep giving it to him. Drop his name in the reviews. He's going to love hearing how much you love him. It is also recorded in New York City by our tastings director, Keith Beavers, who is the managing director of the entire Vine Pair Podcast Network. I'd also love to give a shout out to our editor-in-chief, Joanna Sherino, who joins us on every single podcast as our third and most important host. Thank you as well to the entire VinePair staff and everyone who's been involved in making VinePair as special as it's become. 
Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.